the service of prayer and preaching for Invocabit Sunday, the first Sunday in Lent, March 6, 2022. The opening hymn is LSB 418, O Lord, throughout these 40 days. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and repents of evil. Jesus said, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Christ was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord 
God is my strength and my son, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. <clears throat> the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. A reading from Genesis, the third chapter. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of the, in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, 
and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all the living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins, and clothed them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The intro it is verses from Psalm 91. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, you will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. A reading from Second Corinthians, the sixth chapter. Working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, 
as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In a reading from Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. From the movement of dust to our life of testing and temptation, an important event must happen first. Wednesday, we recalled the curse of sin. Remember that you are dust to dust, you shall return. Then we come this morning, the first Sunday of Lent, rightly called invocabit, which is the Latin word we derive our word of invocation. In order for dusty flesh to rightly and properly invoke the name of God, a restoration and regeneration must happen first. It is the context often forgotten both in our text and in our own lives. What precedes the intense temptations of Jesus by Satan, the adversary and liar, in the wilderness? Mark tells us in this way, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out, literally threw or cast him out into the wilderness. It is right on the heels of his baptism that Satan directly attacks Jesus. He had tried to use Herod to accomplish his wicked purpose of stopping the promise of God to man and Satan's curse recorded in Genesis 3, but he was thwarted. Despite his best attempts of trying to stay out of it and not get his own hands dirty, he failed yet again. So Satan resorts to the old adage that you know so well. If you want something done right, you gotta do it yourself. After all, it worked with Adam and Eve. Certainly it can work again with this new Adam. The death of the old Adam, the new life of the new Adam, must not be overlooked in this life of temptation. We are good at focusing on the trial and the pain of falling into temptation. We sometimes enjoy, even if we won't readily admit it, the wrestling with the right and proper thing to do. We say we want peace, but the sinful flesh really likes the war. It can use the sins of others to bolster my own self-esteem, and for this we must repent. Before reading the temptation of Jesus, every morning and evening it is good, right, and salutary to remember our baptism. Why? Hear again what is spoken at every baptism. Dearly beloved, Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Matthew, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the last chapter of Mark, our Lord promises whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And the Apostle Peter has written, Baptism now saves you. The Word of God also teaches that we are all conceived and born sinful and are under the power of the devil until Christ claims us as his own. Therefore depart, you unclean spirit, and make room for the Holy Spirit in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. With that background, the baptismal candidate is then asked important questions, often overlooked, that are again asked at the confirmation rite. Before the confession of the Trinity and the promise of fidelity and faithfulness to the doctrine of the Church, three questions with negative answers are professed toward the reality of the death of the old Adam, a recognition of what has occurred in baptism through the grace and mercy of God himself. Setting up an important reality 
that the Christian, the new Adam, lives within this wilderness of life, of temptation and slander of the adversary, is declared with these words. The pastor asks, do you renounce the devil? Response, yes, I renounce him. Pastor asks, do you renounce all his works? Response, yes, I renounce them. Pastor asks, do you renounce all his ways? Yes, I renounce them. I fear these questions are often overlooked as some kind of archaic holdover from the ancient world. One of the greatest achievements of the devil is getting people to believe he no longer exists. Many are content to speak about evil in general ways as forces or karma or bad luck or the dark side of the force. But to name the evil one for what he is, to name him by works, is heard as the babblings of a madman. More than ever, I believe we need to name the enemy. We mustn't be afraid to do so because he has been defeated. We need to name him, call him out, because many doubt his existence. It's not a big shift to go from evil being a general thing to good being a general thing. You've seen this happen in many ways. False teachings that promote we all speak of God just in different names, male, female, non-gender being, flowing through nature or animals or within the heart of every child or wherever your imagine can take you with Satan's leading. The goodness and loving kindness of God, the sending of his son who defeated Satan in the wilderness and his sacrificial death and glorious resurrection and ascension for mankind is simply cast aside for personal truths and uh, charismatic balancing of the universe. Do we even dare to confess that we too have sometimes been embarrassed of our belief in the supernatural? What's the importance of renouncing the devil entirely? This is more than just political tightrope walking. The complete renunciation of the devil is in fact a confession of hate. We are saying that we hate the devil. We hate the effect that he works in us by the simple and Oh, so enticing temptations to sin, deceit, greed, and lust. We hate his lying words, his fake threats, and promises of pleasure. We renounce him completely, even as we receive, confess, submit to, and embrace God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit completely. We love him because he first loved us. We love his works. We love his ways. We are his. Faith is his works, and his way is his word. So it is immediately after his baptism, the Spirit expelled Jesus into the wilderness and departed, leaving him alone with the devil. Forty days after fasting, when Jesus was hungry, in a way that we have neither ever been nor could survive, the devil came to offer him a way out. All Jesus had to do was take what was his by divine right and go on his way. All the bread in the world is his. Why should he be hungry? The angels work for and worship him. Why shouldn't they serve him even then? The kingdoms of this world enjoy insane luxury. Why should he go without? The devil is clever. Much of what he implies is true. I mean, either Satan misses the willful submission of Jesus to the wrath of God for sin on man's behalf, or he understands it more fully than we do, and so he must try even harder to shake Jesus' will. Come on, Jesus, you don't have to suffer. What are these dusty things to you? They're as stubborn as rocks. They don't deserve the great lengths at which you are going. 
The entire creation is at your service. <clears throat> now he's right. We don't deserve the suffering and death of our Lord. We deserve to be lifeless rocks. In God's great love for us sinners, he does change the rocks to bread. Not at the devil's command, not to feed himself, but he changes our hearts of stone to hearts of flesh. And he feeds us with the bread of life. He feeds us with his own body and blood. The great mercy we don't deserve is seen as Jesus takes on these sorrows of his own will. He denies himself in order to suffer in our place. He is doing what must be done, what love requires. He should not have bread or the service of angels or the luxuries of this world because he who knew no sin is making himself to be sin and is declared guilty on our behalf. He comes to end the devil's lies and accusations by absorbing them into himself unto death. Jesus thwarts the devil with nothing more than the word of the prophets. He fights not as God, but as man. He invokes no divine privilege or honor. The angelic armies do not come to his aid. He lets Moses do the talking. At last, however, he uses his own voice to send him away. Then the angels come and minister to him. During the season of fasting and prayer that is Lent, take note of the Lenten readings. There's, a, there's bread contained in all of them. While fasting, we look for and prepare for Easter, the Paschal Feast, so that we may celebrate it in sincerity and truth. The church here is beautifully set up to remind us of this task. The Sundays during the season are counted as in Lent, not of Lent. That is, they are not counted as days of Lent. So we fast during the week and break to feast on the bread of life every Sunday. Although still with reserved joy, all looking forward to Easter when the Alleluia's and the glory and excelsies all come back, in full exuberant, joyful acclamation. Until that day, we live in times of temptation. For us, we hear of Jesus' temptation and know that temptation was necessary. Christ our Lord had to be made like us, his brothers in every respect, in order for us to be rescued and creation restored. By being made like us in every respect and suffering all that we suffer in this veil of tears, he has become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of of his Father for us. As our high priest, knowing our sorrows and weaknesses, he has made a propitiation in himself for our sins in order to appease God's wrath and restore us to himself. And since he has been made like us, his brothers in every respect, which includes the fact that he suffered temptation, he is able to help us who are being tempted. And since he overcame temptation, he is also able to show us how to fight against temptation and drive the devil away. We are to follow his example. We are to fight against the devil, against temptation, and drive off the devil with the word of God. Everyone who hears these words of God and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope, for the word of the Lord remains forever. For it is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It goes forth from God's own mouth to our ears. It shall not return to him empty, but shall accomplish that for which he sent it. And every word of God per proves true, but it shall accomplish. It is a shield to those who take refuge in him. It is 
a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Therefore, like newborn babes, long for the pure spiritual milk of the word, that by it you may grow up into salvation. For our sake, it's not just salutary, but it is necessary to remember our baptism every morning. We start our day in the same way we begin our Christian life. The old Adam is drowned and died. The devil is renounced. All his works and all his ways, they have no claim on you. Neither the devil nor your sins define you. You are baptized in water and word. God's word is his way. You are his work. Every day thus begins with the reminder and proclamation by grace. You have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. While the devil then rages and tempts, your God sends his messengers to minister to you. They strengthen and uphold. All the while, you hear the Lord lovingly say to you, Ever shall mine eyes behold thee. On my bosom thou art laid. Ever shall my love enfold thee. Never shalt thou lack mine aid. Neither Satan, war, nor stress, then shall mar thy happiness. With this blessed consolation, be thou firm in tribulation. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The office hymn is TLH 268, Zion Mourns in Fear and Anguish. Seek him vainly 
In my days of woe and fear, will his anger never cease? Will he not renew his peace? Will he not show forth compassion? And again forgive transgression. Zion, surely do I love thee. Thus to her the Savior saith. Though with many woes I prove thee, and thy soul is sad to death. For my troth is pledged to thee, Zion art thou dear to me. Deep within my heart I've set thee, that I never can forget thee. Let not Satan make thee craven, he can threaten but not harm. On my hands thy name is graven, and thy shield is my strong arm. How then could it ever be? I should not remember thee. Fail to build thy walls, my city, and look down on thee with pity. Ever shall mine eyes behold thee, on my bosom thou art laid. Ever shall my love enfold thee, never shalt thou lack mine aid. Neither Satan war nor stress, then shall mar thy happiness. With this blessed consolation, be thou found in tribulation. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
for those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O Lord God, you led your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church that following our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 656, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. He helps us free from every need that hath us now or taken. The old now means deadly woe, deep guile and great might are his dread arms in fight. On earth is not his equal. With might of ours cannot be done, soon were our loss effected. But for us fights the valiant one, whom God himself elected. Ask ye who is this? Jesus Christ it is, of Sabaoth, Lord, and there's none other God. He holds the field forever. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill, they shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none. He's judged the deed is done. One little word can fail him. The word they still shall let remain, nor any thanks have for it. He's by our side upon the plain, with his good gifts and spirit. And take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife. Though these all be gone, our victory has been won. The kingdom ours 